Senpai, rough neighborhoods may be America's last advantage. saying two things. Number one, let me just start by saying konnichiwa. Guru James Bond yokoso. And let me secondarily <laughs> say, I'm going to peel back the curtain here just instantly. This is the second recording we're doing today. Um yes. we've done two in a mm-hmm. row. I have had 2 hours of sleep in the past 48. I have had three white claws and i have three more so let's just let's just get my first review of this movie out of the way with this ohio gozaimas ohio gozaimas to kill james bond charting all new vistas of racism what's how you kill james bond this uh <laughs> we we have become fucking deranged which is the perfect mindset to consume the Sean Connery Wesley Snipes film Rising Sun. Remember I the name of it. Got there the eventually. And I'm only gonna get worse. <laughs> Sean Connery Wesley Snipes is just like two juggernauts colliding in my brain. Right. This I film mean, is is doesn't marry. incredible. Um it's one of those things, right, where it's one of the movies that Sean Connery made when he reinvented his niche as old guy, because the money from Bond was not keeping him in the golf memberships to which he was accustomed, and so he just did a bunch of, like, sometimes quite good, sometimes very bad movies, like this, The Rock, um, uh, Hunt for Red October. Uh, The Rock, famous for um, inspiring the guys who made up the weapons of mass destruction to get us into Iraq. That's right. this we movie can be at best someday. summed up with the, the sentence from the title cards, which says, Executive Producer Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. Just remember that. This is, this is, this is a Sean Connery produced, Sean Connery starring film adapted from a novel by Michael Crichton. And if you don't know who Michael Crichton is, he made exactly. Fucked up that my go-to was the Andromeda Strain. Wrote a lot of like easily adaptable to screen airport fiction. Um, and good. Yeah, and Rising Sun, not one of his better works. Apparently, the book is even more racist than the film. Yes, yes, it is. By the way, that was true about the Iraq War, listener. You can look that up. So, do you remember? The 1990s. No, the period. It was a. It was a period in American history when anti-Japanese racism, which has been a feature of American history for as long as America has had a history, uh, it, it took on a slightly different form. Where instead of being like subversive Axis agents or uh, like uh, you know differently offensive racial stereotypes. The figure of uh, capital T, capital J, the Japanese in mm-hmm. the white American uh, popular imagination suddenly became that they, they, they fuck. We made them too good at economy, and and now they that they, they they're doing the stuff that it's. There's definitely a point in the American psyche 
where and you can see this in all like the cyberpunk shit that came out around this time as well where they yeah. saw japan and they were like fuck that's a good toaster these guys are going to be in charge <laughs> of the world in 20 years yeah. the, the currency of cyberpunk uh 2077 is new yen uh, we're doing this again now to a certain extent with china but yes i mean not to spoil this too much listeners but this this film is racist in the way that it portrays Japanese people as being like really, really good, like really efficient, really clever, really strong. And you might think that's a strange way to be racist, but the reason it is, is because the, the quote unquote success of the Japanese is a sign of white decline. That is the message that is being given here is that the Japanese are going to, they're infiltrating and taking over because white America and the white is in brackets, um, is, is declining. That's we've become decadent. Right. That Sean Connery has this line about where like a frag, uh, we may come from a fragmented MTV rap video culture, but they do not. And it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure you've just encapsulated a decline and B, you've conveniently told us who you're blaming for that. Yeah, decline. It's, it's very fascist. It's the, the same thing. way in which um, particularly racist white gay people on Grindr hmm. will have things like black people only in their bio or something, in not knowing that fetishizing is very much the other side of the coin. Like, it's <sighs> very much the other side of the coin. It's like pretending that these people are extremely good because of their race is still racism. Yeah, but also no the way the it. ways in which they're extremely good are also alien. Anyway, yeah. right, we start in Los Asian Angeles, nineteen nineties. Asian noise. Asian noise. Th- that's like fucking thing you hear mm. when you start this movie is like it might as well be like that fucking like <laughs> gong shit that you hear in like all sorts of fighting games. It's just Asia noise. This has a more racist sound design than the Channel 4 game show Banzai did. <laughs> it's fully, Jesus. like, we'll, we'll use, like, panpipes or, like, uh, a flute for, like, Asian noises. And there are so many Asian noises, but we are about to get uh, a, a, a sort of... Uh, a. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. That's the mm. one I was imagining. <laughs> Just improvise my own drop. So we are in Los Angeles. Yeah. Very uh, good. Where, we, where we see a guy called Eddie, who is Japanese, singing karaoke to, uh, to a white girl called Cheryl. Uh, and he is kind of being a possessive boyfriend to her. He's singing uh, on karaoke, Don't Fence Me In, which is pretty fucking rich considering uh america's history with japanese americans anyway yeah and then we <laughs> cut to yeah i know uh we cut to the boardroom the other where, half of the boardroom discotheca <laughs> do yes where a japanese corporation is trying to buy out to merge with an american semiconductor manufacturer um because this this was the kind of thing that like uh people believed was happening all the time in the 90s was uh Japan was buying up American industry uh and so you have the the, the Japanese executives down one side of the table with their uh sort of like frankly the movie presents him as a race traitor white American mm-hmm. guy uh who is like their fixer and the American executives down the other and if you're thinking to yourself 
Man, that sounds like an extremely boring premise for your yes. your hot and sexy action thriller. You're thinking about that with a 2020 brain. Fucking go back 20 to 30 years and realize Japan's terrifying. So this is actually mm-hmm. a really interesting backdrop. Yeah, this is this is not thrilling. Do boring. you care about the 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 ownership of semiconductor manufacturers? You because should. You, because you fucking should. Do. It might put American weapons do. under Japanese control. And who would want a scenario in which American weapons are being misused? The thing which is immediately established in this scene about this Japanese company is that they fucking cheat. That's the first thing we learn about them. They have hidden cameras in the boardroom, which they are using to surveil the opposite side. And so whenever they're like talking to each other, they will just deploy their American guy over to their side to to go and win people around. That's true. And they have like these these special security cameras that can zoom in and hear what the opponents are saying and there's a guy relaying that back stop playing that noise (laughs) or play it like 80 to 90 more times that was me, that was just my mouth I was just saying ooh because it can zoom in <laughs> yeah, this, no. th- th- this will be a plot point later. Is that like Japanese camera technology is extremely advanced? Uh, Miles and, ahead of anything we've got. Exactly. And this is like a, a serious threat. Um, anyway, there was a brief period where American businessmen's children were learning Japanese at school. Because they thought that the the world would be under Japanese control in like twenty to thirty years. Still doing it with Mandarin now. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except mm-hmm. they're right. And this now time. those kids, those kids, they're all trans because they've gone into anime. That's how it works. <laughs> I've read Quillette. <laughs> that is actually yeah, that is true. To be fair, that's what happened to us, baby. <laughs> that's how it starts. We've established. I have never seen anime. Lupin the Third Part One is the the first anime I have ever seen. 